The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamfran. Yeah, welcome to another Saturday here in Steeltown, the Hammer and the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You got to go and call the number one Remax team in Canada if you want to get your home sold for top dollar. That is the Golfie team. 905-575-7700 online at robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you're on social media, whether it is TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, check out the Golfi team. They have some fun videos, some amazing listings in town. Get your listing on the Golfi team's social media feed. And you can also go online to golfihomevalue.com and get an instant home estimate. Go to the website, golfihomevalue.com, plug in a couple of numbers, and uh, you get a pretty good estimate on what your house could go for on the uh, the seller's block. And you can also send the Golfie team an email if you have a question or even a topic idea you'd like Rob to touch on uh, during a future program. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. And if you did not take any of that information down, I will repeat it a few more times throughout this uh, program. And we got lots to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, City Housing Hamilton, uh, closing costs on uh, homes, uh, there's a new website where tenants can rate landlords, and apparently it is going just uh, nuts in terms of the, the amount of feedback that they're getting on there. Uh, cottage Country. We're going to talk about Cottage Country and how it's no longer boomers who are dominating Cottage Country in this province. But we will begin, as we usually do, with what is happening in your real estate uh, life, Mr. Rob Golfi. So I did some number crunching here. So in the first... Like, we don't have the final numbers for the entire month of April, but I went uh, to the 1st of the first of April to the 27th and the 1st of uh, March to the 27th of March, just to get an idea, because I figure some, most deals are handed in by, uh, by the 27th of this month. Mm-hmm. Now, in March of uh, last month, the benchmark price in the month of March was 739500 Now, that's Hamilton and surrounding areas, yep. okay? And April, in the first 27 days, the benchmark price is 750000 So we're moving up uh, when it comes to um, house prices are moving up. Not only that, not only that. So I based to see what's been happening. So I, I, I did an, uh, an average to see what housing prices were from the 1st of June of last year to the first, uh, sorry, to, to the 31st of December, 1st of June to the 31st, the last six months of last year, and compared to the, the first of this year till today. Now, uh, last year, the last six months, the benchmark price was 725000 okay, uh-huh. Hamilton and surrounding areas. Okay. The benchmark price uh, this year so far, 740000 So things are moving along, and, um, I, I, and, and I know CMHC put a, a thing out there saying, you know, we're not going to be pre-pandemic price. Now they're adding that first quarter, first four months of last year in the mix of this thing, which was an anomaly, which is something that we will probably experience again, in my opinion, in 2027, but you, you, you got to throw that out and, but things are moving along. The market's moving. 
But uh, it, 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 we just have a shortage of homes uh, on the market right now. And, and that's what's causing housing prices to increase slowly, but surely. Mm-hmm. So in the first 27 days of April, we're seeing that the benchmark price is 750, as you mentioned. The last six months of last year was 725. So is the expectation that that 750 is going to uh, dip down a little bit in the, the later part of this year? Um, I think, uh, no, I, I think it's, it, it's going to climb a little more. I think oh, we're, oh. we're, we're in for another little spike, uh, in the, in the benchmark price and then it'll, it'll, it'll level out. But, um, but I do feel that we're, we're in for another spike Th- this year is going to be totally different than any other years, but I truly feel that it, it, uh, be- we're just kind of little spurts here and there, just tiny little spikes and the, to keep the market going because there is buyers out there. And uh, they're slowly coming in and, and, and they're nibbling. They're nibbling. Okay, one, they caught one. Nibbling, nibbling, and they caught another one. And, and they're all doing that. And that's what's going to keep things rolling and keep things better. Again, we've got a shortage of homes out there. Like there's a, you know, a, a lot of uh, people aren't putting their houses up for sale because they can't find what they're looking for. So they're hanging on a little longer than normal. There's uh, an interesting story about uh, fewer sellers in the market, and this spring market is kind of, well, it feels a little weird. It, it almost feels like it's February, even though, you know, we're, we're into May, pretty much, um, and that maybe the market has a, a bit of catching up to do. But we're seeing more and more, um, more and more competitors for each and every property because that supply just isn't there. Exactly. There, there, there is, there's a high demand. And, and the listings are scarce now that the scramble for business making some agents more aggressive out there. If, you, if, they're, if you're finding an agent a little aggressive and trying to push into something, stay away from that person. You got to fall in love with what you're buying, especially if it's personal. Now, while the lack of listings are, are, are leading some sellers to, you know, to feel overconfident, like some sellers out there are wanting, you know, hey, I want this for my house because I know there's not that much available. Um, and that's, uh, causing a, a, you know, houses that are being overpriced seller. And also sellers, like I said before, sellers are not willing to part with property at less than market value. So for instance, I, I had this, uh, one evaluation that I went on with one of my, uh, uh, agents and the bang on price for it was 800. So I, the way I explained it, I said, listen, if you list at 800, you're going to get 800,000 for this house or more. And he goes, oh, okay, great. You know, this, that. So, He's agreed. He's gonna he's gonna go with us and everything. So as I'm leaving, he says, "What if we listed at 829?" I says, "Hey, <laughs> I I can do." Yeah. I go, "I have no problem doing that." I says, "Just just to let you understand, I what, what, 800. Here's what we'll probably do for you. You'll get full price or more. Now 829. If we get nobody submitting an offer, and we're on the market for 10 days to two weeks, I'm gonna ask you to drop it to 800. But now the offers are gonna come in, uh, like not they're not gonna come in close to 800." So if you're willing to gamble, roll the dice and lose 10,000 off the 800, maybe more then yeah, get, let's give it a try. But as long as you understand that's your, that's your way of doing things. Not, not like, you know, you, you know, my advice was to do it 800. And so now I'm kind of confusing him because he's like, holy smokes, which way do I go? Which way do I go? Believe me, you will never undersell a house when there's a shortage of homes in the market. So don't feel that way. Uh, but there's a proper way to do it, and uh, and you get the most experienced professionals in there, and we know how to do that, and we will get you top dollar. But but be careful, don't over don't overlist. I, I like I said, I told a story where 
Uh, I suggested we listed a million dollars for these people. We listed a little higher. I ended up getting them a million dollars, but they thought, oh, that was quick. They signed it back at full price. Guess what? We, they walked and we had nothing. Mm-hmm. I tried everything to get them back. Guess what? They came back at 990. Wow. So they lost $10,000 by not listening. So again, you, you, you know what I mean? So they realized that. They realized they lost 10,000 and, and they were worried about losing another 10 and they would lose another 10 if they didn't take that 990 because they had 998. So, and, and that's one of the big challenges of a realtor because a homeowner who is selling their home, like it's their, they want the most money possible. And when you give them a number, they're always thinking, well, can I get a little bit more than that? Yeah, absolutely. You, you know what? You will not undersell a market. Now, if the market is on a downward turn, like it was last year, I, I would say, you know what? You got to, you got to price just underneath the downward turn. So that when, when a downward turn comes to that point, you, you end up selling for that price. So you got to be careful because if you're up on the downward turn, you're, you're, you're just going to be chasing the market down. Yeah. So, um, and, and then we hit bottom at the end of uh, November, November, December. So now we're on a, on a different scale. We're at more balanced in a market that's climbing slowly, slowly up. Got a couple minutes to answer a listener email, listener question from Phil C. Phil writes, when selling your primary residence, do you have to pay a capital gains tax? If not, what are the properties that one must pay capital gains on? So if you own your personal residence, and there is no capital gains when you sell. So let's say you, you buy a house for 500000 you live there for 10 years. And you sell at a million, that's 100% tax-free, your own money. Now, if you buy that $500,000 house and 10 years later you sell for a million and you had write-offs throughout the 10 years, you know, you ended up fixing this, doing that. You got the write-offs as you were going along. You you benefited from that. You would pay a capital gains on the 500000 that you gained. But how the best way to do it is... If you buy that $500,000 house and 10 years later, it's worth a million, refinance it, take the money out, and it's tax-free. The only time you pay tax, thats I'm talking about investment property. Yeah. It's tax-free. The only time you pay tax on that house is when you sell it. So what you do is let the kids sell it. Let them pay the tax. <laughs> so you, so, so you, you benefit tax free. Enjoy that. And then when, when uh, the house is sold uh, after you're passed away, they'll have to pay the tax. Yeah. Uh, but that's 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 a lot of ways where a lot of investors they buy a lot of properties, they refinance it, buy other properties, refinance it. They do a lot of different things. That that is a good way to build wealth. And, and it just keeps growing out that way. Well, at the end of the day, too, I mean, the the value of that house has grown, in, in your example, by half a million dollars. Um, the capital gains tax on that investment property that you're selling and, and will have to pay the tax on is not going to be anywhere near half a million dollars. No, absolutely not. I think it works out to about 25% of, uh, of the half a million dollars. But, right. but along the way, those 10 years, uh, there's a lot of, like, you get a lot of tax benefits from owning that property, like buying tools, uh, getting, you know, landscaping done, refix, fixing a room, paint and, and, and carpet and flooring and windows and stuff like that. You benefited from the tax. It does, it, when you sell, it does feel like, oh, I got to pay tax. Listen, I, the one thing I hear a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to sell because I got to pay a lot of taxes. Well, guess what? If you're paying a lot of taxes, that means you made a lot of money. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we come back, move over boomers. Gen X is taking over cottage country. And we got a whole lot more to chew on here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team, the number one Remax team in Canada. Call them today at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And check out the Golfy team on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter as well. Uh, the city's best listings, some creative videos as well on their social media feeds. Uh, still to come, we're going to talk about a new website where tenants are rating their landlords. And apparently this website is just uh, well, there's a big mushroom cloud because so many people are engaged in this rating system. But let's talk about cottage country. You know, it's the spring. People are either preparing to open up the cottage pretty soon or they might be thinking, you know what, it, maybe this is the year we buy a cottage. Maybe in, uh, invest in some property that we can enjoy and, and we can rent out to others as well. Well, there's a new report on this from Remax. And it um, it basically surveyed 90 or surveyed brokers from across the country. 91% of the regions across this nation said that Gen X, Generation X, is driving demand for recreational properties. 47% of them owning or planning to own a recreational property. And that is by far and away more than what boomers currently have. What do you make of this development, Rob? I, I believe it because... The transfer of wealth that's happening uh, from the baby boomers to Generation X, and, and especially the older uh, Gen X, they are starting to inherit money from, from their parents. And, you know, and usually, you know, there's a lot of different ways they're going. Um, uh, so if the siblings are getting it, so the siblings are saying, okay, there's always one that wants the, the cottage more than the others, or two of them, depending how many kids they are. And uh, so they're buying out the other siblings or they're selling it, uh, selling it and buying it, uh, whatever, which way. But the Gen X are wanting these cottages and, it, and they're either being passed down or they're buying. They're looking to buy. And if they don't have a cottage, they're looking to buy a cottage because now they got money to do so. And they probably always wanted one. And uh, but the one thing, I, the one stat I couldn't believe that I, I couldn't I couldn't comprehend. Just over 10% of Canadians currently own a recreational property. Mm -hmm. And it shows the survey says that a similar portion of Canadians are looking to get into the market. The majority of those who plan to buy don't plan to use it as a rental, but use it for not for income purposes, but for themselves. So I was shocked to find out that was 10%. Yeah. So, and, and then, 
And it says when, when it when uh, when it comes to succession planning, recreational properties are always a good addition to your real estate portfolio. So I uh, I I I just think yeah, like the, the you know people are not only passing down recreational properties, but people are pass you know the people are inheriting uh, uh, money and they're buying recreational properties. And a friend of mine just bought one last year, and uh, you know he's using he's going to tear down the, the cottage that's there. He's going to rebuild new. So that's. Happen. The Gen X are are getting in there now. They're 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 on their way. They're you know jumping in and buying these things, and uh, and inheriting these things. So recreational property is going to be strong for a while, I think. Yeah, I spoke with the uh, Remax Canada president Christopher Alexander on uh, Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML earlier this week, and um, he said that um, Ontario's recreational property market, cottage country, basically is still a seller's market. So are you are you kind of seeing the same thing or sensing the same thing? I believe that it did have a little bit of a, a, a slowdown last year, but it, it is coming back and uh, yeah, uh, it, it's hard to find something that they're getting pricey and uh, cottage owners, they're not dropping their prices that much. They're hanging on like some of them, you know, and I get it. Some of these, some of these people that own a lot of the, uh, people that own the baby boomers that own these cottages, they're getting older. They don't want to manage them anymore unless one of the children want to buy it or they end up selling it and, and they're done, but they're, but they want a certain price for it and they're expecting a certain price because that's part of the retirement plan. Uh, let's switch gears. Pretty uh, cool story in the Hamilton Spectator um, a week or so ago. And it's regarding a family in Hamilton who's in the Kirkendall neighborhood, Kirkendall South to be more accurate. And uh, they've done something that I don't think has generally been done before. You know, usually when I go to my mailbox, I'm, I'm up on the mountain. We have one of those community mailbox systems where, you know, you put your key in and you, you see what's in the box. And I, I swear, you know, of the let's just say I get 10 things in the mail, you know, most of it is junk. Uh, and then I'll get, you know, of those 10 items, maybe three or four, maybe up to five of them will be, hey, I'd like to buy your house or, you know, we're buying homes in the area. Well, in this case, it uh, there was a leaflet in the mail that was from this Hamilton family who said that, uh, listen, they're living in this neighborhood. They need to upgrade. They need a, a bigger home. They'd like to stay in this neighborhood, but they're having a tough time finding a house. Um, hey, let let us know if you are selling or if you know of another house that you think would meet this criteria. This is a pretty neat idea and a very proactive family to say, hey, we'd like to stay here. Uh, keep us in the know. Absolutely. Good move for these people because they that does work because, I mean, we get a lot of uh, letters in the mail and they're like handwritten, but they're photocopied yeah. and and they're sent, I want to buy your house and for cash, cash and only, I can close yeah. in 30 days. <laughs> you know, we've seen those and, and you know what, but they're buying it under market value. Now this couple here uh, in Hamilton, they live in the, in the Kirkendale area. They, they, they're willing to pay market value, that, mm-hmm. which is not a problem for them. They, they, they've, uh, they live in the area. They love the area. They want the kids to go to the, probably the same schools and have the same friends and everything else. And they put their picture of their family on there and, and they, and they indicated what they're looking for. And they, you know, specifically put down, I think it was four bedrooms and whatever, which is fantastic, which is great because somebody will come forward if they are at the time, uh, if if they're thinking of selling, maybe they're not thinking of selling right now, but maybe it's going to happen in the fall. Well, now they got a connection with somebody and say, Hey, listen, I'm looking at selling, but it's not going to be till the fall. If you want to take a look at it, we can discuss it and all that kind of stuff. Now we do the same thing 
that if we have a client and they want a specific neighborhood with a specific house, and we've done this many times where we will put down, our, we have a client, they have two kids, they're looking for a three-bedroom bungalow uh, with a finished basement, with a certain size lot, it must have a, a, a single or double car garage, all that, like very specific. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed, you will get a call. And uh, like, like, because it's very specific. So you'd send it to a neighborhood, especially on the, on, on the Hamilton mountain, there's a lot of bungalows out there. You, you send it out and then you'd be amazed the calls that you get. And then you end up matching the buyer and the seller together and, and you work, you work a deal. You know, you go to the seller and the seller says, you know, what I, you know, you ask them what idea they're looking for. And then you think, Hey, that, you know what, they're on the nose on the price. So then you go to your buyer, listen, we found a house. You want to take a look at it. If you're interested. These guys, they're willing to sell. So you take them through and sometimes you put the deal together. We do that. This good for this client. I mean, not client, but good for this couple, uh, for, for taking the initiative mm-hmm. and putting a, a flyer out. They did, you know, and having their picture on there, Fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't doubt they get something just from, from the article in the, uh, in the Am- Hamilton Spectator uh, finding something in that area. I know a lot of people looking in that area and they probably have somebody looking and they probably were in competition or just missed out on it. It, it is tough. I'm telling you, it is tough finding a house. These people want to stay in the same neighborhood. Good for them. And um, they'll, they'll find they'll get something. They'll get something. Yeah. For la- sure. At last check, this family has not found their their next home, which is not a surprise because the article states in in the last six months only fifteen homes have sold in this neighborhood. So it sounds like once you get in there, you don't want to leave. No, they don't leave. I'll tell you that. I, I I know the neighborhood very well, and it is a neighborhood in big demand, and uh, they go fast. They go fairly fast. Yeah, and if you're wondering out there, the Kirkendall neighborhood basically goes from Aberdeen uh, to the Esca- to the escarpments, west to Shadow Golf Club, uh, east to Queen Street. So it is a pretty yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing area. That is for sure. Uh, all right, uh, to the story about this new website that has been set up for tenants to rate their landlords. And according to the person who created this, it is absolutely exploding, which, Rob, I don't doubt for one second. So so here's a new website, and it's called uh, uh, ratethelandlord.org. It has been created by two Ontario residents to allow tenants anonymously to rate the landlords. Now the founders were inspired by their own negative experience renting, renting a house. Now the lack of information available to rent and, and, and that was the lack of information for renters. Now the site launched last week and has received over a thousand reviews causing the, the creators to briefly take the platform down to make improvements. Now they probably were shut down because they probably, there were things on there they probably, they couldn't uh, put on. So they, so they're probably revamping their, their website. Now the users can rate their land, uh, their landlords out of five on a, on categories such as health, safety, respect, privacy, repairs, and stability. Now the founders limit the amount of, uh, uh, identifiable information published to the landlord's name and postal code area and encourage the submission of positive reviews to better the system for everyone. So the reason why they were shut, I think they were shut down. They didn't just bring it down. I, I I'm just, assuming mm-hmm. because um, like, because a little bit too much information was given probably. So they had to probably revamp their website to make it more friendly for everybody. Now um, I think it's a good idea. Now there is 
a website for bad tenants out there. Remember, I, I, I think we talked about that in the yeah. past. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's, it goes both ways, right? Like you get, like, you know, you're going to get bad landlords and you're going to get bad tenants and you, and you get good landlords and bad and, and uh, good tenants. So I, I, but it, it's hard because sometimes some good people are targeted on this thing that could hurt them, which that's what, that's what they're trying to prevent. And so you got to be very, very careful on that. But I think it is a good idea to have some sort of site, but it should be verified by somebody to make sure that uh, it is true what they're insinuating on the website for bad landlords or for bad tenants. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, things are coming out. People are fed up and, and they're tired. They're tired. And I, I don't blame them. Yeah, I can. I, I I know where you're going with this in terms of the unverified commentary, because anyone can go on this website and give a landlord a horrible review. And we don't necessarily know whether that is true. I might take it at face value, but we should also understand that everything you see on the Internet, not all of it is true all the time. So, yeah, there there is a sticky situation of this for sure. Absolutely. City Housing Hamilton, and uh, as we know, there is a long wait list for affordable homes in this city. And, uh, well, the city is trying to be uh, aggressive because there is, you know, some available units that, you know, have to be uh, repaired or updated or or whatever the case is that are just kind of laying there. And and now the city is committed to filling these homes. This this could be a big win-win, not only for the city, but obviously people who need affordable housing. Yeah. Now, are these are these units that they own already that they're re- repairing and fixing up, or are these houses that they're looking at buying? That it's my understanding that they already own them, and they're just they already own they, them. They're just vacant. They're vacant. So, so that tells you that they dropped the ball in managing and keeping up with these properties. And the reason why they're vacant, they're probably unlivable. So they got to fix them up, and they just let these things go for. Yeah for probably 10, 20, 30 years. I think it's a great idea that'll help with the uh, affordable housing in Hamilton, um, but they got to get on it faster than they are and uh, get this thing going. And like, you know, sometimes they, you know, they got to get somebody dedicated to it to contract these people out to work on these properties and get things rolling faster. Um, There's enough work there for probably the next two to five years mm-hmm. um, for, for a bunch of contractors to work on this and get the, get these houses going. But good for them that they're realizing that uh, they got to get these houses uh, repaired and fixed up to, to make it more affordable for people to live. Yeah. For, for background, city housing has about 7,000 units. There's about 500 in this plan that they're going to repair. But I mean, that's 500 homes that uh, weren't available uh, before to people who need shelter. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing with these homes. Why? Why were they just keeping them vacant? Why? Like, why it, are they doing that? It, like, it went against basically their motto, or, or, or I guess, um, uh, you know, uh, strategy to not run deficit budgets. So, because they, um, they they didn't want to spend the money to renovate these facilities, they've clearly come to a point <laughs> that hey, here's 500 units that we can pump in. You know, whatever the dollar figure is, I think it's a few million dollars, and we can you know house at least 500 more people well not only that the house prices the, the values of these properties the asset is going to be worth a lot more if yeah. they do fix these up and i know i know they don't look at that they know what they only look at the expenditures because you know um, but down the road eventually they'll end up selling one or two here and there which will offset the uh the, the budget 
So uh, it, it's good that they finally made an initiative in doing something about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the dollar figure is $5.7 million. And I say money well spent, that is for sure. Because, uh, yeah, as I said, the, the housing crisis in this community is real. There's a lot of people that need a place to stay. And I think this is going to make a, a pretty significant dent uh, for those individuals. Uh, lots more to come on the show, including closing costs. So you're in the market to buy a house or you want to sell your home and you're thinking, well, how much does all the, the extra stuff cost aside from the listing price? We're going to get into that and also talk about um, a condo project in St. Catharines that is uh, creating some interest as well. If you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a house, mm-hmm. call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That is the Golfy team at 905-575-7700 online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Stay tuned. The Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition continues on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today. You'll be calling the number one Remax team in Canada. That's the Golfy team, 905-575-7700, 905-575-7700. RobGolfy.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And you can follow the Golfy team on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Don't forget, if you want an instant home estimate, go to GolfyHomeValue.com. That's GolfyHomeValue.com. Punch in some numbers and uh, you'll get a uh, pretty decent idea of what your home could go for if there was a golfy for sale sign on your lawn. Uh, and also, if you have questions or uh, even a topic idea for a future show, email the golfy team at questions at robgolfie.com. All right, so uh, there's a golfy for sale sign on someone's lawn. Things are getting done. The market's heating up. Things are happening. Uh, and then it comes to closing costs. Um, how much are closing costs these days? It, it, it it's getting up there. It's getting very expensive. Like, um, you you have to like. So let's let's base this on an eight hundred thousand dollar house. Okay. So, uh, okay. Now, if you're a first time buyer, you 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 have some credits. But if you're not, just on an eight hundred thousand dollar house in Hamilton, your land transfer tax is twelve thousand four hundred seventy five. And depending if you're putting twenty percent down or five percent down, if you're putting five percent down, there's an additional uh, CMHC fees on top of that, hmm. but uh, but but if it's a if you're a first time buyer, you do get a uh, you do get a credit of four thousand dollars. So, but in and in Toronto, um, land transfer tax on the same priced house is almost twenty five thousand dollars. Wow! And with a with yeah, which is a lot of money with a credit of uh, eight uh, eight thousand four hundred seventy five. If you're a first time buyer, now if you're a second time buyer or up. Um, you would have to pay the full amount. So, um, team at, like, and 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 if it goes higher than a, a million, it just adds up even more with these land transfer tax. But they were showing 
in Oakville <laughs> yeah. for a first-time home buyer, you need to save up $340,000 to buy a house. No, no, no wonder uh, guys are staying in their parents' basement until they're 40. <laughs> That's in insane. It's, it's crazy. How do you save up $340,000? Like that is, that's tough to, to do. Yeah. And so, so if you're going through Oakville, I don't think you're going to see anybody uh, under 35 or 40 that owns a house there. <laughs> no. Like they're going to be all 40 plus. Yeah. Cause that's how long it, it's going to take you two decades just to save money to buy a house in, uh, in, in Oakville. Yeah. And then, in, so if you have to wait another 10 years, who knows how much it's going to be more. Uh, to own a house in Oakville, but it, it is crazy insane. Yeah, and that uh, we should mention that three hundred forty thousand dollar figure that includes the minimum down payment. Obviously, that's the the biggest chunk of it. But all the other costs, you know, add up. Whether it's land transfer, all the legal fees, title insurance, that this, that, and the other thing. Have you ever come across a time where you know the 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 transaction is happening? It's coming to the final steps, and the home buyer. Uh, suddenly sees these closing costs and says, well, I, I, I don't have that. It happens and they're scrambling. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I was there when I was young. I'm like, what? It's a lot more. <laughs> Can you imagine? It, it's crazy. And sometimes, and what happens here is let's say you're buying a house in March mm-hmm. and the homeowner paid for the taxes for the entire year. Well, you got, he's got to get reimbursed for the taxes from March to December, which can add up another five, $6,000 on top of what you got to put down. And that can really mess up closing. <laughs> and so like, like it, I'm telling you, the closing date is never what the lo- like what you think it's going to be. It always works out to more. I remember when I was close and I was young and uh, I, I estimated you round it off. You're thinking, okay, here's how much it is. And then the lawyer gives you the number like a day or two before. And you're like, what? And now you're scrambling and you're like, you need this extra money to close this deal. And so now you're calling family, friends, listen, I need to borrow like three grand. I need to borrow four grand, whatever it is to make the deal. Cause you, you thought you had enough and all of a sudden you get whacked with this, uh, 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 an additional amount and it could be anything. There's like, like there's like, you. that's how they do the adjustments on closing. Just when you're closing a deal and it's at the beginning of the year, Find out if the land if the if the homeowner paid the taxes for the whole year. And usually, you know who does that? A lot of the times, uh, Europeans because they want to get the taxes out of the way. They just write the check and go on. <laughs> but but you got to be very very careful uh, on closing. So just to, to recap, so how much money you need on closing day? And yes, Oakville is number one at three hundred forty thousand dollars. And again, this includes the minimum down payment. Uh, Milton is fifth. Burlington seventh. Uh, Toronto, by the way, sixth. Hamilton is third. 13th, right below the provincial average of 78000 again, including the minimum down payment. And St. Catharines all the way down in 21st. So uh, a little uh, sneak peek at the thousands of dollars in other costs that you will need to uh, eventually buy a home. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a studio condo that is, uh, well, you might just be interested in when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Home, 
Last go-round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them on the World Wide Web, robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call the number one Remax team in Canada, the Golfy team, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. And they're on Twitter and TikTok, Facebook, Instagram as well. Uh, really neat story out of St. Catharines, and it has to do with a studio condo that is apparently affordable for many individuals out there. I mean, prices starting at $250,000, that's in this day and age virtually unheard of. Oh, I, I think I think it's going to be big. I, I think it's going to go fast, and uh, it, it's good that somebody's doing that. Now, they, like they range from uh, like two hundred ninety to three hundred fifty square feet. So think about it as three ten by ten bedrooms, possibly mm-hmm. uh, in 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 the unit. Uh, obviously, they, it might be an open concept, like maybe something like uh, you know when you go to a a hotel and they've got a kitchenette and a bedroom and, and the bathrooms in, uh, closed in. Yep. It could be something like that. Um, I think they will be popular. Um, they're looking at not looking at uh, for primary residents only. They're not, they don't want investors investing in this because otherwise they're going to benefit from it. Um, I, I think it's a great idea and I think they need it. And, and so this project that they're doing is, is it's the first, and like they're adding, you know, uh, they're including like electric vehicle cars, share options uh, out there, e-bikes and scooters and uh, bulk cable and Internet rented parking spaces to reduce condo fees and uh, and uh, net zero radio. I'm not sure what that that is. Um, it, I, I think it's great. And they're allowed to uh, they'll have, you know, rooms there that they can rent if they have big dinners, mm-hmm. you know, with family and stuff like that. Uh, kitchens, I think. It's going to be great. I think it's going to do well. It's perfect for the young uh, buyer to go in and, and get their foot into owning some real estate. And that will be the stepping stone into going to the next step in, in buying the, a bigger place down the road. I, I am right there with you. I think this is a fantastic idea. Now, the the condo sizes, the condo units them, themselves are pretty small, 290 to 350 square feet. So that's, you know, it's tiny, but, you know, it's studio apartments, so to speak. There's no wasted space, according to the developer. I'm almost, uh, you know, picturing in my mind those tiny homes where every single inch of real estate within the unit is taken up by something that, whether it's closets or, uh, you know, a Murphy bed or, you know, a little kitchenette, whatever the case is, they've maximized the size of these tiny units. Everything tiny now is very popular. And like, like what's that? Elon Musk has got these uh, uh, tiny homes that they're building. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, he's got a huge plant on these things. I, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be an explosion of these little small units. The, the, the thing that's going to drive the prices up, though, is if they get too many investors involved with it, they got to stay away. Get, give it to the primary person that's going to move, buy it and move in. Mm-hmm. Don't don't sell it to an investor. So there should be a a, a a limit and a clause there that says, hey, are you moving in? OK, no problem. You're going to you can buy it. But if you're not moving in, well, we can't sell to you right now. Well, you, you have to wait till uh, we, we've given two weeks to uh, primary people to to move in. Yeah. Now, uh, just a quick note that a lot of these condo buildings, the reason why they were able to be built is because of investors. Now, the investors, 
buy, you know, one, two, or 10 condos in any building. And that's how these condo buildings are going up. Eventually they become resales and then they end up going to the end user. Now, if each developer waited for the end user to buy these, they wouldn't be building as many as they are. So the investor is a big part of condo buildings going up, but this here at the price that they're selling for it, let's get, let's give a chance to the people, the average person, young, that young person that's 20 years old, that's moving out of their house and, uh, and able to buy something to move into. So he doesn't have to, you know, live in his parents' basement or, or whatever, just get a chance to get going. It's interesting because, you know, the average price of a three-bedroom home in the St. Catharines area in March was $641,000. So at two fifty, I mean, this is a steal. Yes, tiny, but at least you're in the market. And here's the thing. This is only a three-story, 28-unit building. So you talk about supply and demand. There's not a lot of supply here. So I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be very popular. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, 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 I guarantee it, it, you're going to see way more of these. This is the, the first one of many, many that we're going to be talking about. It's pretty exciting stuff. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget, call the number one REMAX team in Canada, The Golfy Team, at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And as the commercials say... Start packing. Rob, great show as always, and thank you for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.